Good evening. Man, I, I know it's going to be special because I just saw Isaac sweat. And we do know that the fields don't really like the sweat. So if he's sweating, that means something special is about to go down because he is in it. And I'm excited. It is my annual Good Friday gig. This is my gig. We're very, I'm very lucky to be able to do this for, this is my fourth year doing this. So um, got, hopefully I'll get another contract extension and get to come back next year. So let's make sure that we drop all the Carmen cards right to Pastor's hands and tell him that I did a good job. So this is called, Are You Ready? Because Isaac was right in tune. I was going to talk about knowing that what he was about to go through, you had to get yourself ready. And how ready can you get yourself knowing that you're going to die for people you have no idea about? How do you get yourself ready? How do you become ready? When is it, when, when, how do we get ready? When do we get ready? How do we go through that process? And through studying today and being around this church, there is no getting ready. There is no, are you ready? It's just go and do. So we're going to talk about what is Good Friday. Well, Good Friday is the day that Jesus Christ was crucified. And his death was the beginning of my salvation and resurrection. That's a big deal to me. His death, his blood being spilt, saved me. It was spilt for me. It washed away my sins. It absolved me. It gave me right standing. So Good Friday is a really, really big day to me because I'm one of those people that get the importance of being allowed to be reborn each and every morning and not having a tally of your sins that were transgressed the night before or the day before or the minute before or the hour before. I just know it's been taken care of. And that's a big deal to me. Some of us come from... Not so great backgrounds. And we've done some things. But when we find out that he's washed that away, that our past doesn't matter, that what we do in the future is what, what we're supposed to be doing, it gives you a whole new outlook. So I'm going to go with a couple of scriptures here. This is The first one is 2 Corinthians, and we're going to read 5 and 21. It's 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, and it said, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Here's a man that didn't sin, who was being prepared to, be, to die for those of us who sin minute to minute, hour to hour, who walk around with impure thoughts, who curse, who flip people off in cars, okay, who drive fast. He was preparing for that, so he never sinned, but he had to pay for it. He had to pay the debt. That's, that's powerful. So that we could be made right with God. So his death 
Him dying, a man pure, a man without sin, died so that I could be made right with God. That's awesome. That's awesome to know that I'm, I have been made right with God. It's hard to be made right with people you work with. It's sure as heck real hard to be made right with your family. Right? I have some family members that we do not discuss things with. Okay? I got some people who just don't need to show up at family functions. I'm glad I'm not the only one. It's hard to be right with them. But God, we're right with. That's awesome. I take great joy and comfort in knowing my right standing with him was because his son sacrificed for me. And when it says, when it says God is my father, and if Jesus is his son, that makes me, that's my brother. Right? Well, that's pretty, that's a, I mean, I love my brother. My human brother, Ryan. I love him. But he kind of bigs up my little brother. Okay? Like, my brother Ryan, I love him. He's in Portland. He does great things. He's a member of the community. He's a huge person on the, he's doing some political stuff out there. He's a huge Portland Timbers fan. But I am a little bit more of a fan of Jesus than my brother. They're both my brothers. That's awesome to know that I have another brother who's waiting for me when I get there. Does that make sense? So when I die, my other brother will already be there waiting for me. There's that song, I can only imagine. Right? And I already know how I greet my brother, so I may have to rethink how I greet my other brother. Right? I just don't know if, like, dap would be efficient or good enough, right? Like, you just can't walk up and be like, Jesus, what's good? I don't know about that one. So, we know that he, that God made Christ, who never sinned, to be offered for our sin, and so that we could be made right with God, and we know that today is the crucifixion, so that he was crucified, okay? So, we're going to go to Mark 10 and 34. And this today, I'm writing this out, A, because I type poorly, B, I don't have a printer. So, pilot gel pens work excellent for me. So, Mark 10 and 34. They will mock him, spit on him, flog him with a whip, and kill him. But after those three days, he will rise again. That's Mark 10 and 34. When I'm writing this, I have to remember that this is my sin that I'm writing about. Okay? So I've got the headphones on, I'm writing, and it is just, there are certain times when certain songs are being played when you're going through something that enhances the emotional response you're having. So it's, Let It Rain is the song. And when it got to, with a whip, comma, I could not write those next three words and kill him. I couldn't do it. It was such an emotional thing that knowing that when I write this, 
When you write something down, it's official, right? We can think something, but it's not really real to everybody else until you write it down. I'm going to write down and kill him. His death, so I'm going to write about and kill him. My sins, the way I acted before I knew Christ, the way I carry myself, the way I act after I knew Christ, and kill him. Last year I talked about, like, this is my scorecard. These are my rocks, right? Last year I talked about how this is all, I get to see, look at my sin every day that I come in here. Because those are the stones that have been thrown at me. So then you started to think about my sins allowed people to mock him, to spit on him. Like, that's, that's super degrading to be spit on. Flog him with a whip. Like, last Sunday we watched The Last Temptation of Christ. Or The Passion of the Christ. We watched The Passion of the Christ. And to take that tool with the big metal hooks on it that was braided leather that was used as a whip to tear and rip the flesh away and then watching him with his flesh removed have to stand there and get the thorns put on him, the crown of thorns, and then carry that cross up to Calvary, and how many times he fell, and how the slow motion shows him falling, and the way the Romans continued to beat him, I was like, enough. Like, I was mad. But I did that. That's my sin that he's dying for. I have to rectify that. Those are my transgressions he's paying for and how he's paying for them. And I have to realize that I'm going to be made right through this death. So since I've been given something, I must do something with it. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. 4 starts like this. Yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his trouble was a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. Five says, but he was pierced for our rebellion. It's difficult to, 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 when you really think about that he was pierced. It means something went into his flesh, was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. When you read that, you have to understand something. I have to understand something. Why would he go through all that for me to hold on to something that I don't need to hold on to? That would nullify his death. So that means you did a whole lot of work for nothing, right? Who's ever been to, like, the holidays, and you're in the kitchen, and you're making something because everybody's supposed to bring something over, and then there's two of them? Right? You're a little heated, like, I made that, like, I worked hard in the kitchen for this. 
Now there's two of them. So yours is canceled out. It's nullified. So what's holding on to our sin and our pain nullifies his death. It washes it out. Cancels it. He went through all that. Flogged. Whipped. Lashed. Torn. Beaten. Crushed. Humiliated. Disrespected. Mocked. Spit on. To absolve me of my sin, but I'm going to hold on to that? To nullify all that he went through? To be crucified? To have the nails driven through his hands? To look down at his mother? The nails driven through his feet upon that cross, and I'm going to hold on to what he's already canceled out? I think that would be, off- that would, that would be offensive, I think. I'd be a, I would offend him. And if he's going to make me right with God, that's the last person I need to offend. Right? Because I really don't need the scorecard. Right? They have credit karma. You've seen the commercials? I don't need my credit score. I don't. I don't need my God credit score. I really don't need to see that. Because that could come back if I deny what has happened. But because I accept it, my God credit score is like 800. Like, I can get anything. Right? My God credit score is way high. Like, I'm going zero interest on everything. Because he did that for me. And I enjoy that. I love that fact. That I now have that. Because... That's amazing to know that God has done all this just for me. It's like Edda said, it's just for me. That's spectacular. When we hear these things, when we read this, we have to make it just, it's for ourselves, right? It's written for us. I was thinking about this, I drove out to Hayes, Kansas, the metropolis of Hayes. To go to Fort Hayes State University, one of my former players is a special teams coach and um, defensive backs coach out there. So I went to go get some information. And as I'm trying to think about what I'm going to write about and speak about tonight, I came up with this one concept that it's new. I know this is going to be earth shattering. So everybody get your pen and paper out. We're going to write this down. Um, It's an individual relationship. (laughs) That's what you're supposed to have. Okay. So it's an individual relationship, because as I'm driving, I see all these different churches, right, on I-70, right? Like, there's a whole bunch of different churches. There's a ton of them. But it was written for us as an individual. And no matter what church you belong to, there are certain words in here that don't change because you belong to a different church. Those are you, we, us, all. That's it. There is no separation in those. Because you are the one reading it. So if you're reading it, it's to you. If he's talking to us, that's me and him. If it's we, it's those who are reading this together with me. If it's all, it's all. It's everybody. That's it. So it doesn't matter what your dogma is, what your affiliation There's some very basic words in here. You, us, we, all. 
That's it. For some of us, we're not ready for that. We're not ready for all. You know why it's, we're not ready for all? Because we can't exclude anybody. We can't make an exception. We can't, uh, we can't. It says all. That's all there is. All. You can't make an exception for all. You can't cancel people out for all. Because for years, through religion, man's religion, we have excluded a whole bunch of people. And those were all the people that he talked to when he was walking the earth. So why are we going to exclude them? So there are some people who are not ready for that. They attend churches and they're not ready to accept interracial couples. They're not ready to accept homosexuals. Because those they are, who are there are going to ignore the fact that they are adulterers or fornicators or have covetedness or greed or gluttony. Right? Because everybody after church goes to the buffet, so you just sinned. And it's all the same, right? The sin level's the same. So as I'm thinking about this, and it says all, I have this little revelation in my mind, and it, it really made me think for a little bit, because I was not ready. Me lying is the same as Nicholas Cruz killing those 17 students. Exact same. No difference. All. He died for all. Let's turn to First Peter thirteen or First Peter three eighteen and nineteen. So let's let's think about. Remember, we're talking about the words all here. So it says eighteen says Christ suffered for our sins once. Okay, that's a word that we are not real good with as a people. Okay? We struggle with the word once. Because we like to repeat it. Right? I did this. And I think about it. Over. And over. And over. So my sin can't be gone, right? One time. One time. Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. That is forever. He never sinned, but he died for sinners like me to bring you safely home to God. Safely home. We now have this great thing called Uber that you can go pick up, right? You're at the bar, it's late night, call Uber, right? We call Uber, and then bam, they take you right to the house, right? And you're safe. Okay. For those of us who are a little slow, Jesus died so you could get home safe. So it was like Jesus, your Uber driver. Right. <laughs> Think about it. Let's break it down, right? He suffered physically. He suffered a physical death. But he was raised in life in the spirit. So he went and preached to the spirits in prison. Hmm. Spirits in prison. Do you think, because we're talking about are you ready, do you think when he, was, when he was taken down from the cross, 
And he was gone for those three days, and he went to the center of the earth. Okay, who's good with science? Anybody good with science? Anybody know what the center of the earth is made of? What's it made of? Molten lava. Hmm. Do we know a place in the Bible that's made of molten lava? Okay? So that's where he went. It says he went to the center of the earth. Who down there was ready for that one? Right? Like, who was down there ready for Jesus to walk into hell? Uh, nobody. And he went in there for a reason. He went in there to get people that were down there because of sin before he was even born. The Old Testament people, Noah, his clique. He went into hell to go get somebody. Now, because I need the easy visuals, and my man Trevor's here, we're big fans of The Wire, television show. Okay, on the television show, there was a man named Omar, and every time Omar shows up, everybody runs and hides. Okay? Now, in this, it doesn't say that like, there was a big fight. It doesn't say there was a big battle. It doesn't say there was an upheaval. It just said he went in there and got those who were imprisoned. So for me to get the visual, I think of Omar walking through the projects and everybody running. Because I need it simple, right? Like, I'm a public school kid, okay? I went to public school, so I need simple visual things that make me think of the power of Jesus walking into hell. So here's a drug dealer walking into the West Bottoms in, in Baltimore and all the other drug dealers leaving. Now, I'm not saying that God is a, Jesus is a drug dealer. Okay, let's not get it twisted. Say parable. parable. Okay, because pastor likes that. He went in there and they just gave up. Jesus walked in there and took those imprisoned. Those people were not ready. When they showed up, they got ready, though, didn't they? Right? Here's your Uber driver who just pulled you out of this. Okay, let's make it real simple for us. Your prison. What is your prison? Because he's shown up, the car's running, coming out and getting the car so he can take you safely home. What's your prison? Is it fear? Is it an abortion? Is it depression? What is it? Is it alcoholism? Is it drugs? Is it pornography? Is it gambling? Is it sugar? What is it? What's your prison? What is it? And are you ready? Are you ready to get out and get in the car and safely go home? Some of us are not ready to do that. I was one of those people that did not want to leave the bar. Your cab's here, hold on. Why? Because I got to finish and get these in before my cab's here, right? And let's just, let's, okay, let's be honest. Did I really take the cab? No, but it sounded good just now, okay? It really did. Like, in my mind, it sounded excellent. My prison, what is it? Now, when we, when we I'm going to say this real quick. I must die to begin again. And I'm not talking about a physical death. I want to cover that. Like, I'm not talking about 
physically dying, because I will do that eventually, but I have died in order to resolve my sin. To be born again, you have to die to be born again. So I'm not talking about in the physical, but in sin. All right? My willingness to die in order to, was in order to be alive in Christ. If I do not die my, in my sin life, I cannot be freed from my prison. I have to die to be willing to escape. I can't do it if I don't die. Because I'll hold on to stuff. I like holding on to stuff. The willingness to die. That's one of those key words, willingness. Are you willing to give it up? Are you willing to be freed from your prison? A lot of people aren't. You know why they're not ready to be freed from their prison? Because they're comfortable in it. I know this. This hurt, this pain, I'm good with it. Okay? Who's been to Chicago? Okay? There is a place in the Sears Tower where you go up and you walk on that little infinity glass. And you look. And them cars are real little. But you walked out on there, didn't you? Why did you walk out there? Because you knew it was gonna, you were going to be all right. Right? You really, you knew you were going to leave the solid floor, right? And walk into that little glass box and look down and see all that stuff. And you could leave the safety of the regular floor to go out on that because you believed in the engineers and all those people that built that because people stood on that, right? Trust. Belief. Faith. You were able to walk out onto a glass box. How many floors up? Way too many. <laughs> Way too many. You're able to go out there and look down and see that, but you're not willing to live free of everything that haunts you. I don't get that. Right? Like, I'm, like, I, like, what is my pain that's so great that when I step out into newness, and this newness is, is a little freaky at first, it's called joy, right? Joy, is a little, it's, it, it, it's kind of panicky at first, all right? Joy is difficult. You want to know why joy is difficult? Because it's smooth. For, and you're like, oh, hey, mmm. Everything's going really good, so I got to do something to mess this up. I did that. I would eject. Okay? Things are going well for me. I would eject to go back to that pain and suffering that I knew. That, would cause, that was called a drug relapse. I chose to do that because I couldn't handle the joy of what was going on in my life. So I ejected and put myself back in prison. There are some of us who will choose a relationship with someone who is not good for us because it's comfortable, that pain is comfortable, and not stay where you should be. We choose that food, that substance, that credit card, that television channel. We choose that to allow us to stay in our prison, to stay confined, when we were freed and our ride is waiting to take us home. 
All right, so I'm going to read something. This is from the message. This is Philippians 1 and 20 through 24. This is in the message. So it says, I can hardly wait to continue on my course. This is Paul talking. I don't expect to be embarrassed in the least. On the contrary, everything happening to me in this jail only serves to make Christ more accurately known, regardless of whether I live or die. They didn't shut me up. They gave me a pulpit. Alive in Christ's messenger. Dead, I am his bounty. Life versus even more life, I can't lose. It says there, everything that happened to me in this jail. This life is a jail for some people, a prison. Because you hold on to things that have already been canceled out and paid for. And we hold on to it. Grab it because we're not ready. Are you ready? Are you ready to die in order to live? Because there was a man that was crucified who was ready to die in order for you to live. He died a horrible, drawn out, long, as my daughter would say, extra. His death was extra. Right? When they pierce you and water comes out because you got no more blood left, that's extra. That's, ooh. Like, I'd have tapped out. Like, I'm ready. Like, this is good. That's what he did. For you, for me. That's what he did. To let you out of prison. In order to live, you must die. Under my Bible, it says, at 20, it says, I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. We were talking about this earlier. There's going to be a moment. Okay, let me rephrase that. I don't ever want you to be that moment, like for that girl in Columbine, when that young man put the gun to her and said, renounce God or I'll kill you, and she wouldn't do it. That's awesome. And I'm up here, it sounds like that would be like, oh, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, but Peter didn't. Peter was like, yeah, I don't know. Uh-uh. Who? <laughs> G- nah, nope, never heard of that dude. That ain't me. That ain't me. I ain't seen that dude. I hope I never have to make that choice. And I hope that through my, when I'm learning, when I'm understanding about his death and what he's given me, that it allows me to say that I will be bold in it. I trust my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. That's new for me, is having that honor, living that so people can see you for who you are and be cool with it and being pushed and being challenged. Pastor said something earlier tonight, and it was like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. He realized that he needs to push harder. (laughs) Yay. Sweet. I know what that means. He didn't say, are you ready? He said, let's go. That's all he said was, let's go. He didn't ask me on my feelings about it. He didn't ask me, was I, like, because, you know, there's a board of one here, right? 
Like, we have one board member here. And he makes all the decisions. And then tells you about the decisions that he's made, because he doesn't discuss it with us, right? He just says, men, are we ready? There was an awesome picture on our Facebook page of like 50 dudes up here. Are you ready? Wasn't a decision. He didn't say, hey, if you feel like getting up from your seat and would like to come up here on the stage, we would like to pray for the men. That didn't happen. He said, men, come forward. Whether you were ready or not, you were walking forward. <laughs> right? You were coming up here because he told you to come here. Like a parent tells you sometime. Like a parent like God? He's my father, right? Come here. Leave your prison. Come here. I sent your brother to go pick you up. Would you walk outside and go get in the car? Let's make it plain, right? Like I needed that plane. He sent his only son to come pick me up and safely get me home. Get in the car. I'm going to be there at this moment, and I'm leaving one minute later. Those of us who are military families, you understand that one minute. So you're out 15 minutes before just standing there waiting. I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ whether I live or die. For me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work through Christ. So I don't know really which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go to be with Christ, which would be far better than for me, but for your sakes, I will continue to live. It's hard. We know it takes one second to reach eternity. One second. Eternity. Now, we all have our own understanding of what heaven will be like. I have my own, and I'm really comfortable with that. Okay, it's going to involve... Bacon and sausage and maple donuts, okay, and football and a lot of it all the time. And I'm going to be on a coaching staff with like Vince Lombardi and we're going to win every game and every play I call is going to be awesome because it's going to work, right? Like that's, that's my heaven. I'm good, right? I get to eat bacon and sausage every day and not worry about cholesterol or diabetes or blood sugar or whatever. I'll be good. That's my eternity. Am I ready? I don't think he's going to ask me. But I'll be there. If you're not ready to die, then you're not ready to live. If you're not ready to die, you're not ready to live. The car's waiting outside. It's warm. Probably got bottled water in it. All you got to do is leave your prison. Are you ready? Think about it this weekend. Think about it this weekend. I hope you make a decision to die in a way that you can truly live. We're going to bring Pastor Fields up now. I remember... We have a really special treatment. This was the opening act, okay? The main event is about to come up here and blow your doors off when she sings, right? 
right? Yeah, I know. I heard you warming up. I already know what was going to happen. Good job. Good job. Thank you, sir. Good job.